welcome to the Acupuncture Outsider podcast. My name is Richard Hazel, and in the time it takes for you to commute to or from work, I hope to have shared something of interest about orthopedic acupuncture using motor points, trigger points, myofascial slings, neurofunctional acupuncture, segmental treatments, anything that crosses my mind that seems to be of interest. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Acupuncture Outsider. This is Richard Hazel. Today I want to talk about something um, that I'm calling subclinical muscle dysfunction. Um, subclinical being something that is not yet detected by the the typical testing methodology. Um, so it's it's not uh, seen in the normal approach, um, but still is is there at a subclinical level. Um, you see that with things like um, hypothyroid. Uh, subclinical hypothyroid is often discussed. The thyroid could be not functioning at its optimum, but still able to be stimulated enough to put out enough thyroid, thyroid hormone, but it's working harder than it should have to work and eventually will start to fail. So um, the same thing goes with uh, muscle inhibition or muscle tension. You can have subclinical amounts of dysfunction in the muscle that are going to go undetected by your standard orthopedic testing. Um, and this is really relevant when you're treating something and you muscle test and the patient actually passes your muscle test, but you know, based on their issue, that that, that muscle must be performing sub, at a substandard level. Um, you see that with glute max, you see that with glute medius, um, let's say, here's a good example. Um, you have an, you have a runner come in totally fit, really strong, um, having it band issues. And so, you know, from experience that it band issues typically are, um, an overuse of the TFL and the gluteus minimus for hip stabilization, especially for runners. Um, and then the vastus lateralis also gets involved. And so you have this pattern of TFL glute min um, and and tight uh, vastus lateralis pulling on the IT band. And the underlying issue, of course, is a an inhibited gluteus medius. Um, but then you put them on their side. So you know they have, you know, they have all the symptoms. Um, uh, lateral knee pain at, at 90 degrees of flexion and squatting or going up and down stairs. And they have an ache that goes down the side of the leg, and they may even have some pain over the greater trochanter. It's a typical IT band issue. And then you put them on their side and you muscle test, and their gluteus medius tests strong. Um, so, what do you do? In my world, it is getting treated because I'm going to say it has a level of dysfunction that I am unable to ascertain by just a manual muscle test because perhaps this person is so strong that even their weak can pass three seconds of, of resistance on the manual muscle test. 
So you have to trust your understanding of the pathology and treat regardless. You have a subclinical um, glute medius inhibition. And the assumption is after treatment that it will be their normal strength, which is even stronger than what they came in with. Um, you see that also with low back pain. Um, someone may, uh, you may have people come in. Uh, I've treated a lot of people who compete at a high level for um, Olympic Olympic lifts um, or for um, like strongman competitions, things like that. Especially when I was in New York, I, I had several people come in. One had actually won uh, the strongman competition and he was in for, I believe it was like a low back and groin pain. And, um, and when I told him his glutes were likely inhibited, he said, well, you're like the first person to tell me that my glutes aren't strong. And, you know, I, I did the muscle test with him, but I did it only so that we could pre and post test, um, because indeed his gluteus maximus, uh, muscle test was, was pretty good. Um, but after treatment, what he could feel was the amount of muscle he could recruit for that same test. So it wasn't all about strength. It was about muscle recruitment. Um, and I would also say, um, if your, if your patient is passing a test that you expect them to fail, it could also be that you just did not observe something like, um, death grip on the edge of the table while muscle testing. <laughs> so your hip test is actually uh, being supported by shoulder um, strength while with this death grip on the table. You see that on, on people lying on their back on their side, face down. Um, something else that can happen is if you were, if you were manual muscle testing the gluteus maximus and you like to do it with the patient's knee bent at 90 degrees and you are pushing on the bottom of the foot to push them down toward the table while they kick back toward your hand, that's an easy one for the patient to cheat with their quads. They can start to extend the knee and use their quad to push against your hand. And if you're not looking for it, you could be fooled into thinking that they have just tested fine for gluteus maximus. Um, I tend to test uh, straight leg and I push um, more, you know, right above the popliteal fossa of the leg. But um, you can also push at the ankle for someone who's super strong because you got that extra leverage. Uh, most people don't need that long lever to fail a glute max test. Um, I, I, you know, if you've heard me lecture, you probably heard me say, if they're human, their glutes are inhibited. That's pretty much how I look at it. Um, I expect phasic muscles to be weak, especially if someone's coming in with some sort of um, pain. So let's say they come in and they've got any uh, lower extremity issue with uh, like tight hamstrings, tight, tight calves, something like that, plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, um, hamstring issues, hamstring strain. Assume that the glute max is inhibited, and I, I, I'm not even going to muscle test it unless it's a new patient, and I really just want to explain it to them. But, um, but a lot of times, that's just a waste of time. The glutes are going to be inhibited, and like I said, if they test strong, assume that you're, you're still needing to treat them because of sub, subclinical um, glute inhibition. 
the same thing with uh, muscle shortening. Um, just because someone doesn't have pain doesn't mean they don't have dysfunction in in certain muscles that will later show up as a problem. And this is something to remember for your patients that you put on uh, a maintenance schedule. I want my patients to come in um, before they're in a lot of pain. I I typically tell them we'll figure out I mean, at first. You know, we're going to get you out of pain, and then and then I would recommend it, that you come in once a month for a while. Um, if you are doing well on a once a month schedule, you're coming in and you're and you're feeling like why am I even here? Then let's let's move the window out to six weeks, and then maybe we'll try two months. Maybe you're a once every two months person. Maybe you're a once every three month person. Um, we'll find the maintenance level. And I, I, on the other side, I'm just on the business side, people really appreciate knowing that you're trying to um, help them and also um, not pressure them that they have to be in more than they need to be in. Um, I think that's very important for patient rapport. And I've heard from patients the feedback that when they've been referred by somebody, they were told by their friend, and don't worry, he's not going to try to pressure you into any sales or package deals or anything like that. He's he's just going to talk to you about what's going on and he'll tell you honestly if he can help you or not. And I really like hearing feedback like that because it's actually how I operate. And I've, I've recently told people, um, you know, if your neuropathy is not responding after a certain point, do not worry. I'm not going to try to pressure you to keep coming. I expect to see results. Um, and if I'm not seeing those results, I'm going to be honest with you about, you know, what we need to do. Um, I think people really appreciate that. They, they want to know that you're telling them the truth for the good and for the bad. So, um, so anyway, so what I was saying about, um, subclinical inhibition is that when somebody's coming in for maintenance, um, they may be feeling pretty good. But you need to think about what what is your strategy for regular maintenance for regular people. And if if it was some upper body thing with maintenance, I'm I'm very likely going to mostly work on the let's say it was neck and shoulder. So I'm mostly going to work on like neck extensors, mid back scapular stabilizers that are prone to inhibition. And if it was some sort of shoulder issue, then I'm probably going to work on rotator cuff, possibly deltoids, depending on the per the person. But I'm I'm I try to keep it like minimal and yet completely effective. Um, if it's a low back pain patient who's coming in for maintenance, they're usually a little tight in the low back. They're not in pain yet. Um, I'm going to work on the spinal erectors, the QL the glute max, the glute medius, and piriformis for sure. If they're not too needle sensitive and maybe they're athletic, then I, I'm going to go into hamstrings as well. If they're doing um, something that their calves get tight, then I may do that as well, like a full posterior chain. It depends on the person. It depends on what their day-to-day -day activity is. If they are, like I have a patient who's almost 70 and she has a bit of scoliosis, and she just comes in once a month for a tune-up uh, to keep her muscles uh, loose because this uh, style of acupuncture has been the only source of pain relief that she's experienced in years. 
And so I've been seeing her once a month for almost a year now. And she's just so happy to feel good on a regular basis with no low back pain, no hip pain. So she said, I'm happy to come in regardless. I am coming in. Even if I don't need it, I'm coming in, you know, even if I feel good. So she's in once a month. And um, I typically am treating her QL and her spinal erectors, which are prone to get really tight, more so on someone with scoliosis. And, and I treat her glutes and her piriformis. And that is all. I'd really try to keep it minimal. You know, she's, she's um, you know, close to 70. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to um, beat her up too much, make her too sore or whatever. She claims to be fine. And she, and I've been, I've talked to her, you know, through that. I've said, you know, are you super sore after 10 minutes with electric stim? She's like, no, but even if I was, I don't care. I'm like going to do whatever I got to do. Um, so this last time I treated her back and then she was having some right shin pain from a long drive. Um, so we worked on tip anterior extensor digitorum longus and she walked out great. Um, but you know, for maintenance, I really like to think about the muscles that are most likely going to be inhibited that would lead to pain. So for me, it's always going to be glute max, glute medius, um, and piriformis because piriformis is always going to take up slack for the glute max. Um, if it's someone a little more athletically inclined, then then the the maintenance is a little more involved. Um, let's say it's somebody who's who's still young enough to be physically active and they they participate in something. They work out a lot. They're doing some sort of sport. Now you know I do that back protocol, but then they're going to be on their side. We're going to work on TFL and glute men um, with them on their side for a few minutes with stem. And then when they're face up, we're going to get the quads and likely the psoas. Um, because I feel like the psoas is really primary inhibitor of the glute max. And even if it's not tight yet, um, I'm going to say it has subclinical tension that we need to treat. Same as the glute max. It might not be weak yet, but it has subclinical weakness. And because they're a maintenance patient and I'm, I'm working based on what I know the body does with time and use. Um, I'm not muscle testing all that. What, what is the point of muscle testing? I'm even if it tested strong, I'm treating it cause it's maintenance and I'm considering the subclinical muscle inhibition or subclinical muscle tension. Um, so the dysfunction is maybe not going to show up in the test, not going to keep me from treating knowing that that muscle will eventually fail. That muscle will eventually cause dysfunction that makes you overuse one of your tonic muscles that's then going to get tight, going to cause tendon pain, tendinopathy or joint pain or you know maybe worse, uh, like nerve entrapment or something. So for me, subclinical um, dysfunction is a legitimate thing that I'm constantly thinking about and treating. Um, it's one of the other reasons that I don't always muscle test um, my patients because I'm, I'm going to treat based on that pattern that I know um, of what muscles will be inhibited if these other muscles are overworking. You know, this is, um, it's just, it really, you know, when you know pain referral, when you understand how the body fails, 
you know typical compensation patterns, you know what to expect, and you can palpate to confirm um, as easily as you can muscle test. You know, for me, I, I almost never muscle test a QL. I just push on it and see if it's tight. That tells me everything, you know. If the QL is, is not completely supple, it's getting treated. Um, push on the longissimus in the low back. If that's super tight, it's getting treated. I, even, even if that's not what they're coming in for. Um, you know, maybe they're coming in for like an Achilles thing, but you, you can't say that that's not part of the problem because obviously um, those, those uh, extensors in the back could be overworking because the glute max is not firing and they may not be causing problems right now, but they will eventually cause problems. Um, and the QL could be getting tight because the contralateral glute med is weak. So, and that could definitely affect you know, more of the low leg. Um, you, you just have to treat what you know is dysfunctional um, and, and really treat muscles that you know are subclinically dysfunctional. I, I totally don't agree when, when I see acupuncturists saying, you know, you, you have to muscle test or the, otherwise you're just over-treating. You're, you're not over-treating. You know, if I could, if there was a way that I could get like all my muscles restarted every week, like all my muscles, just like, you know, hook me up and, and restart everything, I would totally do that because I believe that's the kind of maintenance we need, especially when you get over 40, over 50, fire it up. Everything needs work. Don't even think that there's a muscle on you that isn't becoming inhibited or tight. It is. And those of you who are over 40 or 50, you didn't need me to tell you that because <laughs> you woke up this morning with that quite apparent. Um, oh, and on that tip, I'm just going to uh, talk about my personal life really quick. I just started um, something called EMS workouts. Um, and there's a, I guess it started in Germany. They put you in this suit with elect electric stim in, you know, the uh, attachments you put, all right. They, you put you in a Lycra suit right? That can, you know, that the stim can go through. And then they put this big vest on you and you zip up the vest and it has all the, the sort of tens, uh, things in it for your chest and back and abs and everything. Um, shoulders, they put straps around your, your arms for your biceps and triceps. They put straps around your legs for your quads and hamstrings and adductors. And you do a workout. It's a 20 minute workout. They start you out uh, with just some of the muscles firing, like they have you do body weight squats and it's just mostly like glutes and legs, right? And then they turn on the abs and then they turn on everything. But uh, you do you do uh, light um, weights, you do some resistance with uh, bands and, and weights and, and you're contracting. The contractions are, I think, um, just a few seconds. I feel like it's maybe less than 10 seconds and then you have the same amount of time with a countdown. Um, and then the contractions start again. So you know when to breathe. You have to breathe out when they contract because you're not breathing in when the abs are contracting. But it's this full body workout. Apparently it can recruit up to 90% of your muscle fibers. And one 20 minute workout is the equivalent of I think four hours at the gym for that week. And you're not supposed to do any resistance training for a couple of days after this training because your muscles need to recover. And for real, after that, I just did for my first visit, 
And um, the first day after I barely felt any soreness, I was like, oh crap, this is, <laughs> I didn't get a good workout. And then the soreness hit and it lasted for like four days. And it wasn't bad soreness. It wasn't like I couldn't walk up and downstairs or anything like that. It was just muscle soreness. And if I engaged the muscles, I could feel them. And, and that makes me happy. I don't know about you, but if you work out, you, you're, you're happy when you have muscle soreness from your workout. You know you got what you went in for. Um, so I'm excited about it. I, I feel like it's going to get inhibited muscles firing. Remember, when, when, the, when the electric stim is doing most of the work, there's no such thing as a compensation pattern. When the glutes fire, it's because the electric stim is on and you can't not fire your glutes when you do that squat. It's awesome. So I was really loving this. If you're, if, uh, if you're interested, look into the research. There's plenty of pro athletes doing this. There's, a, there's all sorts of like Hollywood people doing it just to get into shape for you know whatever role they're doing. So look at EMS workouts. It's electric muscle, muscle stimulation workouts. Um, I think the company is Miha or Miho, M-I-H-A or M-I-H-O. I, I don't remember. Uh, Miho Tech or something like that. It's a German company. Um, you can look into it. Uh, you can probably find uh, a gym doing it. Um, I'll be reporting back, obviously, as things progress. It takes a few weeks before you start seeing um, a difference. But I can already tell you, that I walked around this week feeling like I had a bit of a pump from the gym um, after just one 20 minute session. So this is like, this is the, this is I think what I need as someone who's over 50 to get my inhibited muscles firing on a regular basis because I'm not getting acupuncture nearly enough. And this is like what I was saying, like fire up all my muscles, please. Just like get everything firing. Because I'm, I'm to the point where I believe I have not just subclinical um, inhibition and tension, but like legitimately pathological muscle inhibition and tension. And, and I'm starting to really understand how my legs can be both inhibited and tight. Um, you know, like the, the fast twitch and the slow twitch have become dysfunctional for me. So I'm excited about these workouts. I think it's really going to get me back to working out regularly and feeling good. And um, yeah, plenty of people who have done these workouts ha who had low back pain have their low back pain go away. And it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Get your abs firing, get your glutes firing. No more, no more normal dysfunction, you know. Um, and you could say that's like subclinical um, uh, dysfunction as well for, for many of us. Maybe we, maybe we don't have regular back pain, but we're prone to low back tension. We definitely have some subclinical um, muscle dysfunction that leads to that happening. So, all right, well, so that's, um, that's my two cents for today. Um, see what you think. Um, I, uh, let me see what I was going to say was i I love getting um, your feedback. It's been great hearing from people um, on social media about the podcast. Um, if you're, I, I haven't mentioned it in a while. If you're on Instagram, I'm on, on Instagram, Rich Hazel. Um, I have a YouTube channel. Look at Richard Hazel, Range of Motion Acupuncture. 
and um, we have a Facebook group, uh, which is uh, Motor Point Acupuncture with Richard Hazel, Dan Dominguez. And uh, I guess that's it. Um, richhazel.com, I have kind of re- like tweaked to be a little less um, patient-oriented, a little bit more geared toward live courses and online courses. Um, because a lot of my, now that I'm in Buffalo and I'm at the same clinic as Dan Dominguez, a lot of our patients find us through the bosa716.com website. That's our, that's the clinic um, that I'm working at. So since most people are being driven that direction by our social media, I decided to tweak my richhazel.com website because it doesn't, doesn't need to show up. Um, as much for people who are trying to find me. If they're looking for me, they're going to find me at BOSA um, or they might find my Google page and that points to all the BOSA BOSA information. So if you're ever uh, interested in the online courses or um, what's coming up next for live courses, you will find it at richhazel.com. All right, have a great week and I will talk to you soon. 